Before we get started, there's something I'm really excited to share with you. It's no secret that we think diversifying your income is incredibly important. One way that we do it is by investing in rental properties. We've done a ton of research, interviewed experts, and invested over $100,000 of our own money in income-producing rental properties. I am proud to announce that we're launching Rental Properties for Passive Investors. It's a course on exactly how you can passively invest in rental properties. Like our podcast, it's incredibly actionable and details exactly how we've both purchased and managed our rental properties. It also includes a year of investable, the analysis tool we use to make sure the rental properties we purchase are actually profitable. Finding the deal is half the battle. You need to know your numbers to make a profitable investment. We're running a pre-sale for $100 off. Head over to listenmoneymatters.com slash REI to learn more. That's listenmoneymatters.com slash REI for $100 off rental properties for passive investors. Hey, what's going on, everybody? And welcome to Listen Money Matters. Health is like money. We never have a true idea of its value until we lose it. My name is Thomas, and I'm here, as always, with my good friend, Andrew, hopefully, who is in good health. Uh, what are you drinking, man? I am, thankfully. Something that's going to keep you in good health? <laughs> and, or not? And there's nothing that helps my health better than grim beer. It's a sour ale, so it makes me very happy. <laughs> I think Ben Franklin said something like that once. You know, uh, so, if, <laughs> I'm worried about the water quality, so uh, this is sanity, sanitized and... Uh, you are very right about that. I actually read a book once. I think it was called The History of the World in Six Glasses. Mm-hmm. And it kind of covered the history of human development technology, but from the perspective of the drinks that we had on a regular basis. And until we figured out how to purify water, people would wake up and drink beer as their normal drink. I was born in the wrong century. Well, eh, the beer is better now. That's I can true. tell you that. It's more alcoholic. You're probably not going to want to go back and drink the kind of beer they were drinking back then. <laughs> but yeah, until they got coffee, um, people drank beer because it was safer than drinking water. So yeah, beer for breakfast. No stigma. <laughs> <laughs> I'm drinking milk because I went to the Whole Foods and I found 100% grass-fed organic milk and I had to try it and it's freaking delicious. Mm. And I know that humans are not built really to drink milk, but I don't care. I'm going to keep drinking it until I can't. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And especially since I'm still on my little no drinking challenge. Anyway, I am really excited about this week's episode because, um, number one, I have had an experience in the past week that has made it very pertinent to me. But number two, uh, healthcare is just something that a lot of people are thinking about. A lot of people don't really know much about and uh, that extends to the cost of healthcare. So today on the show, we have uh, David Vivero on the show. And David is the founder of a website called Amino.com, which, David, I'll let you explain it more in detail. But it seems like it's a site where you can actually go and look up what it's going to cost to get basically any medical procedure done in your area. Is that's that right. accurate assessment? Yeah, I mean, that's that's one of the key features of the product, no doubt about it. Um, you know, what I think is important to know and really the the, the reason we started this company is I, I used to be an executive at Zillow. And, you know, everybody knows that buying a home is one of the most important financial decisions you're going to make in your life. 
um, and you research it and you forage for information and you try to get smart and you, you, you kind of ask around, but also just get comfortable with the data yourself. And when I was leaving that company, um, I had a hell of a time trying to get healthcare for myself. And so um, I had a pre-existing condition. Um, individual marketplace wasn't available to me in 2013. Um, uh, Cobra, which is when your employer you know, allows you to sign up for your own health insurance, but on the employer's plan and you pay for it was too expensive for me. Mm-hmm. And so I just got dropped at the deep end in terms of health care while still thinking in this way as we did about real estate. And so um, the thing that's transitioned in the last decade or so is that Healthcare is kind of like buying that home. It is a big part of people's financial picture. Um, and so that idea that um, you should have a place, a trusted resource to be able to uh, you know, figure out how to save money or to make sure you're not going to go to an unsafe facility or to make sure that you yeah. go to um, an urgent care instead of one of those um, you know, uh, ERs that are expensive and, and oftentimes you know, loaded with all sorts of complexity. Um, people need a GPS, and, and that's what we provide. You know, my wife and by and GPS, I, you just is that like an analogy or is that a, a real? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's an analogy. <laughs> okay, um, okay. <laughs> we don't, we don't, we don't provide the driving directions per se, although we do link you to Google um, for that. Um, but the idea fundamentally is that you're trying to get somewhere and you're not an expert. You don't know your way around healthcare, and we can really hold your hand and guide you there. Laura and I just, I just left a job as well, I guess, like you did. And uh, we kind of, luckily, we have this marketplace, which is also super expensive. But like trying to understand what the hell you're buying and like the implications of what you're buying in terms of just the cost of procedures alone. And it's, it's scarily complicated. And yeah, um, correct me if I'm wrong, David, but I think a lot of people in this country spend more on healthcare than they do on where they live. That is correct. I mean, if you think about the um, the different dynamics that have happened in healthcare, it breaks down into, I'd say, three trends. Um, number one is just the amount of out-of-pocket um, costs have really skyrocketed in general. So we spend in the U.S. Um, a half a trillion dollars on healthcare. And if you think about that, that's more than we spend on rent in the U.S. in aggregate. Yeah. It's more than twice what we spend on cell phones and wireless services. It's uh, more than twice or three times what we spend on domestic air travel. Yet so no one optimizes it. They just exactly take right. it as like a fact of life that I have to pay this much. Well, what's so funny about it is that um, that's only a piece of the pie, right? So if we're spending half a trillion dollars, that's only one sixth of the total that gets spent on healthcare because we're paying the rest through our taxes mm. and through our wages, right? Cause our employers or the government are covering the rest of it. Right. So when you go and you go get that surgery and you know, you've got a, a deductible and the insurance company is paying the rest. Well, that's actually your employer that's paying the rest. And that's frankly coming out of your wages. So the last yeah. 10 years has really, I'd say fundamentally been about this idea that we are not getting a raise because that incremental dollar is going to paying a higher price for healthcare. And that's one of the saddest stories about healthcare. So number one, our out-of-pocket costs have been skyrocketing. Number two, our choices are getting to be so much more complex, whether that's, you know, getting a telemedicine or, you know, virtual doctor visit using one of those apps that you can download or, you know, urgent care is really proliferating around America and people are not used to using that. 
Um, people's behavior patterns are changing. So millennials in particular are just not picking a primary care physician. Um, they're just thinking about healthcare like I'll go to it when I need it. And so they find themselves in urgent care. So our behaviors are changing big time. Mm, and I'll then admit, the last- I actually haven't picked mine. Okay, so there you go. <laughs> and then the last, the last thing that, that we really believe in, in at Amino is that healthcare has become the number one personal finance category for lots of people. In fact, Gallup did a poll this year in, I think, July, August, um, where nearly 20% of people in the U.S. put healthcare at the top of their list as their top financial concern. Um, and that's, that's you know, that's something you can't get around. And yet we don't think of it that way. We just think people can just be led around blindly, and that's just not going to cut it. And what really excites me, and, and I want to get into this, is that, like, I feel like we could beat the horse dead into a pulp that we're getting devastated by the cost of healthcare, that we don't understand, uh, you know, like what comprises the cost or if it's good healthcare at all. But like what you built solves these problems where, uh, and, and I want to get into like how it works because I think <laughs> a big part is like understanding, like don't just take David's word for it. You know, there's, there's a bit more there. So like, what what did you guys build? Like, if you could explain what you could do with Amino. Yeah, you bet. I mean, you know, what free. I've shared so far. Yeah, what I've shared so far is just this idea that this understanding of of what's happening in healthcare. The way we solved that problem, and we, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't say that we've solved it. Frankly, the way that we are continuing to try to solve this problem for consumers because it gets better every week, um, is that we have amassed this giant database of health insurance claims. It's anonymized data, but it's ten billion bills and um, we take that data and we know which doctors you know charged uh, for that service uh, which insurance companies paid for this service what they paid and we also can can follow these anonymous patients over time just to understand hey did they end up in the hospital did they end up um, having to get that surgery done again because it was botched and you know was there a c-section and was that c-section necessary and these are all huge, huge factors that that affect the decisions of, of Americans. And so none of us, the three of us on this um, podcast and, and any of our families, if any of us got injured or sick or luckily became pregnant or something like that, we would always, almost always have to be first-time buyers. Mm-hmm. You only have two knees. You have one heart. You're only going to have maybe a, a couple kids. And so um, it's impossible to have the kind of data that you need to make a decision. And so we let you use Amino and not feel alone. You can learn from the decisions of 220 million other people. And um, all that anonymous data lets you know what things are going to cost, who's in network, um, and also different factors about the experience and quality of the care you're about to get. So I can actually figure out who's in my network with Amino. That's correct. Yeah. So you know, we ask awesome. you. We ask you, are you in Aetna or, or whatnot? Um, and, uh, you know, with that, we've got the charges, you know, that, that Aetna pays for that ACL surgery or for that MRI or you name it. Um, and then you can use that information to make a decision. Um, you can avoid spending $3,000 on an MRI in San Francisco and instead spend under 300 And that is information you never would have known. And if you're on a deductible of four grand, which Amino's health plan is a deductible of Mm $4,000, then that's all your savings to be had. And if you didn't use Amino, that's all your Christmas gifts and your travel to to Hawaii that you've just lost on that MRI. Yeah, that's, that is really nice to hear because 
so when I was in high school, I told myself that I wouldn't be an entrepreneur because the taxes and the entrepreneurial finances seemed daunting. And I was basically sure the IRS was going to knock down my door the moment I went into business for myself and drag me away. And obviously that didn't happen. And I figured out how to run my business and do the finances. That being said, I am still to this day intimidated by healthcare because every time I've called the hospital and said, hey, are you guys in network for my insurance? They always say like, oh, we can't tell you that. You have to go find this arcane <laughs> database somewhere. And then you try to use it and it's running like ASP from 1998 and it doesn't work. I so appreciate that you appreciate like, that, by the way. The, the yeah. ASP is old. <laughs> it feels like for, gambling for Silicon Valley nerds, you know. <laughs> really excited. So, and you know, I, I feel like I got lucky because when my girlfriend sliced her part of her finger off last week, she was just trying to trim a poster edge and accidentally just, I don't know, the blade hopped off of her little straight edge and just sliced part of her finger off. I'm like, well, I saw an ER, not an ER, I saw an urgent care right across the road the other day driving by. I just saw the sign, so I'm taking you there. And very luckily, they happened to take her insurance. And then I asked them, oh, would you have taken mine as well? And they're like, nope, we actually aren't affiliated with yours. So... Yeah. I have to now figure out where the heck I can go if I, you know, slice part of my finger off. <laughs> it's it's a it's just imagine imagine a world in which you didn't know if in fact the merchant you went to accepted U.S. dollars. Yeah, I mean, like the whole point of what we've done with the U.S. economy to make it function right is certain expectations that things are going to work. And mm -hmm. that you're going to know what they cost and that, you know, generally speaking, we've got a sense for quality and healthcare has gotten by on a historical system where consumers didn't matter. Like we were passengers on this ship a long time ago and we, we just paid our $20 copay and all the financial aspects of that was worked out between our insurance company and the provider, um, that hospital, that imaging center. And all of a sudden, we just live in a world right now where things, certain things are not moving as fast as others. And we have been thrusted into this role of being the purchaser of our own care, but we have not been afforded any of the rights that really need to come with that. And Amino, our role is to give people information and tools and guidance that they deserve and that we have a right to. So one of the things that I, I, th I think I may be like um, believed or, or wanted to believe, but you know, with no evidence as such, is that like the, the the amount that you pay is not related to the value you get. And I've read studies where it's like, uh, the you know, if you have employees, um, and you give them like a bonus, and you know, it could be twenty thousand dollar bonus, it could be a one thousand dollar bonus. Like it actually doesn't make them do a better job. And you you would think it would apply to healthcare. Uh, you guys have actually done the analysis. And I, I was looking in New York, and it is very much the case. Um, the the most expensive hospital in New York, uh, based on your guys' data, is like this uh, hospital. I think it's like the Brooklyn University Hospital, and it has an F quality rating, and it's the most expensive yeah. one. And, exactly. and the cheapest one has like a C quality rating, but it's a third the cost. Right. That's right. There is no correlation between these things. One of the things that you know, all of us really need to think about as, you know, what what Amino hopes can be the educated healthcare consumer is that cost of healthcare is decided by such factors outside of any of us. It's decided based off of really the market share of that health system. 
you know, like we did some 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 interesting work um, with Kaiser Health News, where they looked at our data and actually showed that when um, a local health system bought up somebody's practice in gynecology and obstetrics, the prices for those doctors went up. Mm. Just the because they were bought, they've they've got the negotiating leverage, right? I mean, if you mm. if you if you um, um, manage if to speak for you know the vast majority of doctors in your community. Then all of a sudden you could say, hey, listen, they're all in network or none of them are in network. And here's our price. And, you know, it really is this fascinating war of market share between insurance companies and employers or insurance companies and and doctors and hospitals. And we're just we're along for that ride. And again, it didn't matter as much when the negotiation was amongst the two of them and the payments were amongst the two of them. But now the negotiation is amongst those two forces and we have to live with the consequences. And so part of what Amino is trying to do is to give us the same level of visibility that matters because we're so impacted by that. And that's that you see that in New York and Chicago and Milwaukee and LA and so forth is that price is uncorrelated to quality and safety. It's correlated to other factors so beyond our control. But when we're sick, we need to know because we're going to be the ones impacted by it. So when I'm on Amino, I can see these, um, these ratings essentially. How are these decided? Who who is making them? Um, you know, how do they actually achieve a higher rating? Yeah. So first things first, we accept zero dollars from hospitals and doctors to change or affect any ratings. There is no advertising business model on Amino. Um, everything that you see on Amino is driven by the data. Mm-hmm. What is the business model, just out of curiosity? So we work with employers, primarily folks who are also exposed to the cost of that healthcare. And you can imagine if you choose that cheaper imaging center, everybody wins. Mm. And so we sell an enhanced version of our product called Amino Plus to anybody who like runs human resources or the CFO or the VP finance. They want their people to be as productive and safe and as low cost burden for them and for their families. Um, mm. And so there's a real alignment there. So our, our, our masters are the people who pay for healthcare, and that's each of us and that's our employers. And so our business gotcha. model is primarily to go to the employers and sell them that, that set of, it's like an enhanced version. It's kind of like Amazon Prime. Mm. You know, it's got okay. a bunch of features attached to it that just instead of two-day shipping, we've got a bunch of other cool things that help you stay in network and, and, and avoid surprise medical bills. So if I'm running a big company, I can use it to find a healthcare plan that's still affordable, but it's going to have the best possible care for my employees. It's it's more around how do you use the plan you have, right? So it's, oh, okay. it's more around when you get sick, um, how how are you going to avoid those high cost hospitals, and how can mm-hmm. Amino be a a real high touch resource to make sure that you you don't you don't trip a wire and end up with a big expense for you and for the company. Gotcha. Um, and so you know, think of us as as uh, as as protection um, from bad decisions, um, and gotcha. that's what that that insurance policy is bought by employers through the form of Amino Plus. And not to go but like yeah, further yeah. off the rails there. When I was looking <laughs> at, at the plus part of your tool, uh, there was and correct me if I'm wrong, but it looked like you could track your actual expenses that you were incurring over the year because uh, I do that in a notebook, um, and I just hope that I'm correct in a, in assumptions. So like. You actually know like where you stand on your deductible, max out of pocket, and then it also totally. shows you the math, which is, yeah. I mean, the idea, uh, you know, I used that GPS, you know, notion earlier. It really is just imagine if, you know, um, what we do for our free product is we really publish all that information. We give you the map, right? Mm-hmm. 
but really amino plus is about you know let amino get in the driver's seat a little bit and you can just hit autopilot and when you're sick or if you're injured um we're going to make sure when you know when you book online at amino.com it's always in network and you've got access to all of your personalized details about how much is left in your deductible you don't have to count any of that stuff so just everything goes on autopilot in the way that we all wish our healthcare could be because no one finds this experience fun in any way um and so that's what amino plus is about um but really you know you'd asked this question earlier about how do we rank these yes. docs and hospitals and so forth and i think it's super important because you know buyer beware um as it relates to the internet um, in, 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 you know, in, in healthcare, a lot of what you see out there is advertising. Um, mm -hmm. you know, Google is full of advertising and then even sites that have reviews of doctors, things like Yelp and things like, um, you know, other, you know, there's, there's a bunch of sites in the, in the, in the healthcare category as well. A lot of them take advertising from doctors and hospitals and they use information like just reviews. And if you're getting a surgery or you're diagnosed with cancer or you're having a baby, like, uh, you know, a couple user reviews is not likely to give you the information you need. Yeah. So what we, what we do is we use the histories of all these anonymous patients to understand, is this place safe? Um, how many infections do people get by going to sleep in that hospital every night? And, and when people are, are uh, you know, let out of that hospital, how many of them are readmitted? How many mm -hmm. people does this doctor do this surgery on? One of the things that is a very simple measure. I mean, if you or I got sick, let's ask, let's say we injured our wrist. Do you want to go see a surgeon who's done five wrist repairs, but is still an orthopedic surgeon? He just happens to do a lot of knee, you know, knee replacements. But you know, he could do a wrist. I mean, he went to medical school, right? Yeah. Um, or do you want someone who focuses on that? And how yeah. would you know that if you didn't know the actual? you know, behaviors of this doctor. Mm -hmm. And so we like, imagine we just, we have, we have a tap on the cash register at these doctor's offices. So we know how many they sell of each item. <laughs> so we gotcha. know that this place really focuses in on wrists or on Parkinson's disease or on complex pregnancies. Um, mm -hmm. and that's what you can really learn from amino. And then the last thing that we do, which we do for the benefit of all of our users is we try we try to build these things called decision factors. And so that's like, if you're pregnant, we know the C-section rate of all those OBs in the country. Um, we um, know uh, if you are getting a knee replacement, this is a really sad story, but you know, you may have to get it done again because the first time didn't work or really? the prosthetic was the wrong size. So one of the big complication rates is called a revision, mm -hmm. which means that you have to revisit the whole surgery and open up your knee oh again. Oh, wow. So you can imagine, not only is that painful, you got to pay twice. Wow. So I read a book called The Power of Habit. I don't know. Maybe you've read it, Andrew. Mm -hmm. uh, it talked about knee replacement. And it talked about how one of the biggest factors in people having to go back and get it done again or the failure rate is that they don't stick with the rehabilitation plan. That's a big one, like yeah. Like the patient. So I guess I guess like one question that pops into my head with regards to knee replacement in general is, that's a piece of data that probably doesn't come through. I mean, maybe it does, but, but it's hard what? for the hospital to be like, oh, you had to have it done again because you didn't discipline yourself enough to do but your dude, therapy. Part yeah. of it is on the doctor to maybe maintain the relationship and check in with you make sure. Yeah, that, that might be the case. You know, doing the yeah. right thing. Like if I go to a dermatologist and I have a skin issue and they remove something and they're like, Good luck in Aruba. Like, don't wear suntan lotion. You know, like, no, they should probably, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, 
well, I need you to see you after that week of your vacation. And I, yeah. I think that factors into the, the people part of, of healthcare. That's Maybe right. I mean, the, you the can adjust for some of these things. I'll tell you, like, you know, a lot of times what doctors will say is, hey, listen, my patients are older. They're sicker. Um, you can't compare me to the to the surgeon across the street. And what we tell that surgeon is that actually you can. I mean, the data that we use follows patients over time in a way that allows us to understand how sick are they. Mm. Um, so when we did C-section rates, just to give you an example, just one example, we looked at 16 million babies being born in the U.S. And we looked at, for those that had a C-section, what were the factors of that mother that may have led the C-section to happen? Was she, had she had a C-section before? Did, did she have diabetes? Was she a smoker? Was she 45 or 20? And we were able to understand the effects of, of a woman's you know, own health history to understand what the probability of a C-section is. And we then use that to then say, all right, well, are your patients sicker? Well, we'll find out. So we predict for you, doctor, for your patient panel, we predict that your C-section rate should be 34% because you guys, you have this many people and this is what their, um, you know, their health status looks like. Um, yeah. But your C-section rate was 54%. That's high. And the same could be true. We could go to a doctor down the street and if, you know, we predicted their C-section rate should have been 5% because they're dealing only with 22-year-olds of perfect health with single first babies, you know, like those uncomplicated cases. Maybe we'd say, you know what, your C-section rate was only 20%, but we expected a lot more from you. should have been 5 10%. Mm -hmm. um, so all of the, the adjustment for these risks can be done using data. And yeah. that's why this is so hard a problem. Yeah, absolutely. What causes C-sections to be more common? Is it just lack of competence in delivering a baby the right or the normal way or? Well, so there's two, two components, right? There's the, 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 the medical components that factor into a woman's case. And then there's just the culture and decision-making uh, of a given hospital and doctor, right? So you take the same set of facts, um, a particular hospital or doctor are just more likely to cut women open. And that's the kind of thing that women, all else being equal, should know. They, they should know that if they choose to take a left or a right and go to one hospital or another, each hospital may look at the same set of facts and may decide that it's time to, 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 to do a C-section. And yeah. so if your birth plan matters to you, where you want to have a, 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 you know, a vaginal childbirth, not only is that likely to have fewer complications, faster recovery, it is also across the board cheaper at every yeah. hospital in the country. And so you wonder, what's the incentive for a hospital to be more focused on you know, uh, having more C-sections? And how can the culture of a hospital that really tries to avoid that be rewarded? Well, we need to let people know that hospitals care about avoiding C-sections on behalf of those patients, even though the economics reward the doctor and hospital for grabbing that scalpel. Um, and Amino's job is to try and like, you know, turn on the lights as it relates to these issues and let people make decisions for themselves in ways that might appreciate their birth plan or their budget. Yeah, absolutely. On those cost estimates, um, I, I was looking at doctors near me and because we just went on to a new healthcare plan and I have no idea who accepts my stuff. And, you know, if you were looking, say, for a knee replacement and you click to doctors, 
uh, I guess I don't need a knee replacement, but I would have no concept of what the cost would be. And you guys actually say that it'll be like X dollars, like I don't know, 2000 whatever it is. How do you come up with that? And, and is that like doctor specific? Is that like area specific? It is doctor specific. Um, what we do is we say, if you choose this physician, you're going to have a total cost of, let's just say for rounding purposes, $10,000 for, you know, some surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, what I think comes to be a surprise from a lot of consumers who have not gotten, um, a procedure done before is that you don't just get the bill from the doctor. You get a bill from the hospital. You'll probably get a bill from the anesthesiologist who did the anesthesiology. Mm-hmm. Each of them are like separate contractors that work together to make this procedure happen. And so on Amino, what we try to give you a sense for is what's your total financial liability going to be? Because this doctor that you've chosen, Dr. Smith, um, she happens to operate with an anesthesiologist, Dr. Jones. And Mm -hmm. they happen to operate together inside of this surgical center or hospital. What have I just gotten myself into? Because the cheapest physician may actually work at the most expensive hospital and with the most expensive anesthesia. So you have to look at yeah. all this stuff together. And in fact, that's one of the biggest mistakes people make is that they, they think their doctor's in network, but mm-hmm. boom, they end up getting a surgery done at a facility that's not with an anesthesiologist that's not. And you know they, they often call that balance billing where you basically are, are bringing in an out-of-network provider and you're, you're responsible for the gap. So that type of experience we're trying to help people avoid. What we do right now is we calculate the total financial liability for getting that ACL surgery or hernia surgery or MRI. Because, you know, an MRI is not just the image. You also pay for somebody to read it. Yeah. And so there's this doctor literally in a room you do not see that is also going to send you a bill for reading that image and saying whether or not you broke it or you have a herniated disc or whatever. Oh, man. So we try to give a sense for like, what are the relationships among all these providers and therefore what your cost going to be? And mm-hmm. um, we, we validate that in a number of ways. Number one, you know, we frankly make phone calls out to samples of our, of our doctors and hospitals and see if it validates against, you know, getting that data directly, something that no one should have to do in their lives. I promise. Yeah. Um, is making those phone calls are a mess. The second thing that we do, which is a, a real statistical, you know, uh, approach is we hold back some of our data that we know to be true, meaning we'll take a bunch of our data out where we have price tags and we'll put it aside. Then we'll use our models that we've created to try and predict holding that data behind our backs. Did we, you know, here's what we predict the price will be. Then we reach behind our backs and we look at the data itself and we say, how close were we um, against this random sample that we, that we held back? And they call that cross-validation testing. Mm. Um, so you're trying to so build like predictive models? Exactly right. So a lot of this is, you know, we need to make sure that um, we're going to present a price and does that price predict what actually actually happened? Yeah. Um, and so we try to both, you know, create outside data sets that we can we can really kind of compare this to to feel strong and, and, and confident with our uh, our results. But also we've got so much data. It's one point eight trillion dollars of healthcare spending inside of our database. Um, we also can look at even within our data set and be able to run these kind of simulations to help predict, make the predictions better. To go back to what you're talking about on how you can get a doctor who's in network and it can be cheap, but then there's maybe an anesthesiologist or, or there's a facility cost um, that costs a lot more. When I was looking at Amina before we talked uh, on this call, I just put in knee surgery as an example. And 
one of the first results in my area said the estimated cost was $22,000. And among that, uh, only 1,000 of it was the procedure. And then uh-huh. 20,000 was the facility charges. So I'm guessing yeah. 1,000 is, that's what you're paying to your doctor, correct? That's exactly right. So what, how is it 20 it's sad, times more expensive sad, for the facility charges? Like what, am I staying there for a month or something or? Uh, you know, it's, it, it all depends on where you're looking, but I think there's, there's two things that I, I reflect on. Number one, my brother's a doctor. Um, mm-hmm. He's an ear, nose and throat doctor in Miami. He works his tail off. Um, he, you know, is out there, um, taking major responsibility, has huge, you know, malpractice liability, you know, has to buy malpractice insurance. It's, it's, it's tough being a doctor because you just look at the numbers. They're not taking home that much of the money for your surgery. Most of the cost of your surgery, most people don't appreciate this, goes to a hospital. And so what you're searching there is indicative of really a fundamental challenge of American healthcare. So it's really hard being a doctor right now. And even though we as consumers choose our doctors, what we're actually doing is subscribing to a hospital because that's yeah. where most of the money is going to be charged against. So it's really important to ask your doctor to understand where they practice, um, to try and figure out what those costs are going to be because, you know, the cost of your doctor is just the tip of the iceberg. And, and the second thing that I just reflect on is why do you need a team of PhDs like those at Amino? to come up with these prices. I mean, the fact that I had to go through what's called cross-validation testing with you just to get a price for an essential service mm-hmm. is just really, you know, it makes me feel like, you know, if Amino is successful, um, you know, this problem will go away, but I still feel like this problem should have never existed. It, it shouldn't right. be a secret. Like you shouldn't have to, at the end of your knee surgery, be like, whoa, like this is my bill. Like it should be something yeah. clear and straightforward. Um, to your your point about how most of the stuff or most of the cost goes to the doctor or the the, the facility, could you use Amino? And and I noticed like the areas around me, uh, the hospital prices differed greatly, but the distance really is not far. Could you talk to your doctor? You know, your doctor's price is reasonable. You like him or her, and compel them to go to another facility for your treatment, or is this like, um. They're tied together like you can't. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You have more power than you think you do as a consumer in American healthcare. And one of the greatest tricks that has been sort of pulled in American healthcare is this this feeling like that we're not in control. And truthfully, um, you know what we need to do as as a community really is realize that you know. This is my life. This is my wallet. This is my retirement. Um, I should have a say in in this. And in fact, we work with this group, this wonderful nonprofit called Costs of Care. And what they do is they're trying to educate doctors to realize that, you know, doctors take this Hippocratic oath to do no harm. And yet there's this new type of harm. It's called financial harm. Mm. And what good is that incremental test if it's going to put that person into bankruptcy? Um, and that should, even that may not be enough to not get to to like, uh, that may not be enough to avoid the test, Mm -hmm. but it's just as important as understanding what complications could arise from that surgery or that, that test or whatever, because of their health history, right? If someone said, Hey, listen, your heart is too weak for that surgery. Someone should also be able to say, listen, your balance sheet is too weak for that surgery. We should talk about physical therapy and other things like that, 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 Mm -hmm. that should come up. And so we really hope 
that among the things that consumers can do, they can introduce Amino to their employers and say, this is something that I want to have for me and for all the people I work with. And the other thing that they should be doing is they should be pulling out Amino on their phones and trying to use it as part of a discussion with their doctors because they really do have more control than they think. And the doctor is absolutely willing to help you stay in network if they can. So um, you, you guys have access to all this data and you can see what people are paying, you know, overpaying, underpaying, you know, appropriately paying, whatever. Uh, and, and I don't know if you know this, and, and I actually, I, I'm guessing that you do know this. Uh, like what amount on average do you think people would save if they were more thoughtful about their healthcare choices? Like, is everyone going to save like 50% and it's, you know, or is it like you could just, I don't know. It all depends on your situation. One of the things that, that makes Amino's role so important is that each of us has our own lens on our healthcare. We may have a big network or a small network. We may have a big deductible or a small deductible. We may live in a place like Milwaukee, which is the number one most expensive city on our data set in terms of just raw cost of any given surgery. Really? Well, absolutely. Not like um, San Francisco or New York? Milwaukee? Well, San Francisco and San Jose are up there in the top five too. Okay, but um, you know this tell. I mean, it just it goes to show you, like you know, Rochester by comparison is one of the least expensive places to get care. Rochester, New York. Oh my gosh! And and so you know, think about the options that we have. Could we get on a plane and fly to a different big city to save ten thousand dollars? Yes. Yeah. I guess really yes, good question. Like, if you have insurance with a fairly big insurance company, does your network include doctors and hospitals that are not in your city? I guess I was Absolutely. under the impression that. Absolutely. Oh wow. Okay. So I was under the impression that like, I've got Kaiser Permanente. They're in Denver. They're yeah. in Denver, and the Kaiser Permanente somewhere else is probably not the same. Maybe that's. That's right. Case. Yeah. It all depends. This is something that you can, you know. But Amino will tell you research. If but it's Amino, Amino can tell you. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah. you know, the key thing to to point out though is that you have so many more choices than you than you than you think. And oftentimes that's actually daunting. That's not a good thing. Um, yeah. We can help really rationalize um, all of that. But it's it's all about understanding that we all have a different lens. So I'll give you an example. In Chicago, same surgery. The difference in costs is three times. Staying in network. So if you stay in network, even under United Healthcare or Blue Cross Blue Shield of Illinois, et cetera, there, that there is variation in the price even within network. So you're so, saying like if I wanted to get a surgery, I should drive to some town that's two hours away from Chicago. I'm, I'm saying you don't even have to do. I'm saying that in Chicago land. Oh, you mean there's a variation? Oh within, yeah. Okay, yeah. so like it, if it, I pick so, the wrong place in Chicago, I'm going to pay three times as much. It's a It's like like I said, tips of the iceberg. So many people, like a third of millennials, right? I said are are skipping, um, you know, picking a primary care physician. About the same number of people are. Um, doing the only thing they know how to do to save money on healthcare. And that is to not go to the doctor mm. at all. Which is not the and answer. That's, it's not the answer. And it's, it's sad. And it is important. And a lot of people don't realize preventative is free. Mm. I mean, like under Affordable Care Act rules, things like a mammogram, things like uh, an annual screening or, or um, a preventative care physical, uh, those are all included, right? So even if you have a high deductible plan, yeah, even if you have a high deductible plan, you do not have to pay for your annual physical. So I had this like thought that uh, people who fly uh, to get some procedure, there's like super rich people and possibly I, – I, I was never anything that 
ever made sense to me. But hearing you, you say that and say you could save $5,000 to book a $200 flight within the U.S., like that just makes an enormous amount of financial sense. <laughs> yeah. It's like pretty yeah, obvious. I mean, you could stay in the Ritz-Carlton in some cases mm-hmm. while you're there and save money. I mean, one of the things so that... Yeah. One, one of the things that's so funny is that, you know, healthcare has this role as kind of like um, a scientist's kind of, you know, really um, technical uh, role that they play in helping us get better by, you know, in some cases, cutting us open and, and doing the work on our bodies. Mm. But they also play this role of literally just like room and board. And then you need to recover. Yeah. And so, you know, like the amazing, amazing thing that you can do if you're just smarter about it, we can help is just how do you how do you actually understand what is it that I'm buying from healthcare? What is it worth to me? And how can I pull together uh, a set of resources to, to, to have the right outcome? And in some cases, you may, for example, be struck stricken with, you know, a glioblastoma like Senator John McCain. And that's one of the most aggressive brain cancers that exists. Mm-hmm. And the difference between getting care from somebody who has so little experience in that versus the national expert can be substantial just in your rate of survival. And yeah. like on Amino, you can expand the map on Amino to the entire United States. And if you wanted to see who are the most experienced for this specific type of cancer, or let's say you have early onset Parkinson's disease and you need to get deep brain stimulation, which I hope no one ever has to deal with. Um, you know, our choices, if we only think locally, are incredibly limited as you get into the, all the things that could happen in our, inside of our bodies. And so, you know, it's just up to us to really um, try and take, you know, take the right steps to make decisions that could either save us from bankruptcy or possibly save our lives. And a lot of it is about having access to the data. And that's what we're here to work. And then just being willing to look it up. Yeah, we try yeah, to make it as easy thing. as possible. Yeah, I mean, yep. knowing that knowing that healthcare is no fun. Um, it's not like being on TripAdvisor or, uh, you know, where you, you, you're thinking to yourself, God, I can't wait to hold a beer on that beach. That looks amazing. These rooms look amazing. It's almost fun to use these products. Yeah. The, the transparency in healthcare will never, ever, ever border on fun. Mm-hmm. The best thing that Amino can do is make it easy. And so that's what we're trying to do. Gotcha. Well, I'm going to, I'm definitely going to check it out because like I said earlier, I have not yet Picked my primary care, which I <laughs> yeah, guess puts same. me in the camp of all those other millennials. Yeah, I mean, I went through the marketplace, and that was already annoying enough. And then I look at all the plans, and they all look basically the same. And I'm, I'm just like, I have no idea which one to pick, so I just pick one. And I'm like, okay, I'm done. Hopefully, I don't get sick. <laughs> exactly. So, wait, wait, access I, to better data and better actions I can take, or I knowledge of what the actions I can take. Right here. Uh, what, what, what do you so, got? So, uh, I in my prior life, I was a data engineer. I like love data. Work with the data scientists. Um, I totally uh, like believe in all of this. And as I was digging through the product, uh, one thing I noticed is that you included Yelp reviews in like the the doctor breakdown. So you had like costs. You had. Um, like I guess the uh, a number based on like how affordable they would be and you know quality and all that stuff. Um, why did you feel it necessary to include Yelp reviews? One is do we just listen to our users? Um, there's one thing that our data can't do, and it can't tell you the musty smell of the waiting room, and mm. it can't tell you how nice the people in the front desk are. And for certain things like a pediatric visit or 
um, primary care or other things like that, like it matters. It shines the light of some sort on one aspect of, of, of this experience. And so, you know, we want our product to make someone feel like they can make that decision easily and confidently. Mm-hmm. And so made sense for us to plug in some of these other sites. And so, um, which is part of the picture and it's an important part. And I know it's subjective, but, uh, to what point do you handle the musty smell or the real <laughs> asshole behind the counter that's like in the waiting room versus the, the cost and doctor quality? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's really up to the user. Um, you know, these are our bodies, these are our, our wallets. Um, you know, what we try to do is elevate these really important factors that no one knew they could know. And that yeah. no one expected that they would be able to know before they make this choice. And so we think that's really our leading um, source of content, the thing that we can do that has the highest impact for people. But we also have this aspiration of being the place, that GPS, where you've got all the data you need. You can just move forward. You can just literally get in your car and put on your GPS and not even know where you're going and feel confident that you're getting in the place you want to go. Like Part of that in healthcare is trying to incorporate some of this other information. But we do think that the guiding information in Amino, the thing that sorts Dr. One from Dr. One Million, mm-hmm. is are they safe, are they experienced, and are they cost-effective? Yeah, Exactly. Awesome. Well, David, thank you so much for coming on the show. I think people are going to find this really helpful. And honestly, I am going to be using this the next time I need to go to the doctor, which hopefully won't be very soon, but you never know. So. <laughs> yeah, I wish I wish you well. You know, again, you know, it's when I have this one thing where I'm like, you know, getting out of an Uber or a Lyft or something like that and tell them about what I do. And oftentimes I tell them, it's like, listen, I hope you never need our product. Um, but if you do, <laughs> if you do, it's Amino.com. Absolutely. Awesome. And we will have that linked up in the show notes. So I highly recommend everyone go check it out. Andrew and I were checking it out before we recorded this. And honestly, like, I I think you were pretty blown away. I'm pretty blown away. Yeah. Uh, Especially like just recently watching that Vox video where the guy tried to call around and see what the cost of a pregnancy was. And no one would tell him. They're all just like, we tell you, we give you the bill after you have the baby. That's how it works. (laughs) Bada bing, bada boom. Uh, so it's pretty nice being able to go find a tool that will tell you at least an estimate of what you're going to pay at hospital A and hospital B. So definitely go check that out. Uh, and David, once again, thanks for being on the show. Um, our show notes are always, as always at listenmoneymatters.com slash show. So you can find the show notes for this episode and you'll find lots of extra details and links to things that you can check out to learn more studies from Amino that we'll just kind of suck in and link to. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, I think Amino is probably going to make its way onto our toolbox, I would imagine, at some point. It seems like a pretty darn useful resource. Uh, We have lots of other resources, budgeting tools, things to manage your investments, uh, books that we recommend, all kinds of good stuff in our toolbox, which you can find at listenmoneymatters.com slash toolbox. So check out those resources and we will see you in next week's episode. Later, guys. Later, man. Thank you. Please tell your friends about this show.